Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Camp Campground. Listen to me. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Podcast and from the campground here in Mount Dora, Central Florida. So yes, welcome to the campground. Absolutely. Thomas Miller in the campground. Robert Glasscock back in Little Rock, I think freezing his little tutu off. Are you are you cold this morning? Uh, it's 27 degrees. I don't want to talk about it. That's pretty chilly. Yeah, it is. It's great. I'm barefoot in socks and a short sleeve <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're going to continue, as we promised in the last episode, an extension from a couple of list, well, listener question here, and then our next episode is going to be another listener question. So we're really going to hammer this point home. This is about the Secrets series that we just concluded and somebody had a question with a couple of really good points in it. Hi, I'm loving the Secret Sign series. And I'm wondering how it works with the planets that are in the sign. So, for example, I started to think about this because my moon is in Aquarius. And I wonder, does that mean that I would have secrets such as the ones you described with the Aquari- of an Aquarian nature, except as it relates to aspects of my life ruled by the moon? for example, or if my, um, I don't know, Mars is in Gemini, which actually it is, then my secrets would correlate with that. But as it relates to Mars and what Mars rules, just wondering if that is another sort of layer to ponder if I'm thinking about this correctly. Wow, this is, uh, Robert, this opens up Pandora's box because how deep can we go here? So let's just take for what she just said, What about the planets in the sign of our secret? We just wrapped up the series. So she just asked about the moon in Aquarius in her own chart. We just did that two signs back. How would you handle that? First of all, this is one of the best questions that we have received. I love the way she is thinking because what she is now doing is extending what we've been talking about in connection with Neptune and Pisces and secrets, for example. And now she's wondering if I can focus on my moon and it's in Aquarius and focus on my moon's relationship to the sign of Pisces in my chart. Would that tell me something about secrets in connection with my moon? And the answer is absolutely it will. When you do that, when you focus on any one of your planets, you mentally place it on the first cusp and then you can study all the rest of the planets say in your natal chart in in relation to that one planet this is what we do when we don't know a birth time in astrology we do what's called a solar chart we set the horoscope up for noon on that day to get the moon's position at noon and then we place the sun on the ascendant In the computer programs, you can do that, place the sun on the ascendant. So now we have a solar chart, which means we're looking at the life through the lens of the sun in that case. Now, if you have a time birth chart, then you have an ascendant, and that's the lens through which you you study. So when she wants to focus on her moon in Aquarius, place it on the first cusp mentally. Think about where the sign of Pisces falls what house does that sign fall in pisces well in relation to an aquarian moon it's the second house it's the next house so it's the moon's self her aquarian moon's second house of self-worth in terms of everything the moon represents which is womanhood family home security emotions 
and so on and so forth. So now she's looking at Pisces in connection with all that. And, and, and it's only the moon that we're talking about. That's what we're focused on here. So in connection with her own feelings, which are Aquarian by nature, and that already is an interesting position for the moon to be in. The moon is a water planet. Emotions are watery. Pisces, Scorpio, Cancer, those are the emotions. And if the moon, a liquid emotional planet, is in an air sign, it intellectualizes feelings. And by doing that, and it's a way for moon and Aquarius to remain free and detached, free and independent and detached. So the second sign from that Aquarian moon is Pisces, and that's where she will have secrets about her true feelings. She can detach from feelings intellectually, and she can do it through astrology as well. A lot of people do. They adopt astrology, and it's a way to intellectually look at life without feeling it. And we can get all wrapped up in the mathematics and the details and the fine points and look at, if I move this here, they're focused on anything but what they maybe need to be, which is their feeling nature you see so this is where her secrets and but but it's also her buried treasure and it's all in relationship to that one planet she's focused on the moon and so the house house is ruled by the moon and her chart will also carry that that self-worth questioning that she does in relation to her feelings and family and the idea of home and marriage and, and children and parenthood and all of those things. So it's a wonderful position to have, especially if you are metaphysically and spiritually inclined, which she is. Brilliant question. We and you could do it with any planet in your chart. And let me just point this out. Well, I'm, I'm on a roll here. If you look at Mars in your chart and place it on the Ascendant, and she had Mars and Gemini, she mentioned. All right, place Mars and Gemini on the ascendant. Where does Pisces fall, secrets, in relationship to Mars? You're only talking about Mars. Falls in the 10th house in relationship to Mars, doesn't it? Pisces. So suddenly now you have the ambivalence. It's the same thing you were born with, Pisces, on the 10th. The same ambivalence about a career direction. Should it be this? In your case, it was religion, perhaps. Or this? metaphysics and spirituality so it's a back and forth the two fishes swimming in opposite directions and trying to unite all of those which you have done and it's the same so in in her chart in her chart pisces of secrets will show the back and forthness and the seeming unpredictability of career choices until she wakes up and gets conscious and realizes how she can create a career that already contains the variety and change that she needs in a career. The woman cannot sit behind a desk for nine hours a day. She can't do it. So, I mean, she would go crazy. So she's got to have the, the and so she might have two simultaneous careers, a day job, and maybe another gig that she does at home on her own, you see. So it can be in a number of manifestations, but that's one way. I love her question. One way to think about each planet. I'll tell you what, I did not realize how busy I was. You talk about juggling more than one thing. Until I left home and got out here on the road and was still just as busy. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> wow, I can't stop. I can't put it down. 
Back to your point on the moon, I was thinking, we all have one in our chart, right? And the moon changes signs every two days. So how, or two and a half days. And I know, like people say, my gosh, my emotions, they feel like a ping pong ball right now. Or somebody might be dealing with that shadow because the moon, the transiting moon, might be back in that sign where they were natally, right? The lunar return, if you will. How could the moon's rapid changes affect what you were talking about? Well, in terms of rapid changes, you're talking about a natal moon, a birth moon, and the birth horoscope is a snapshot of space-time at the you know moment you're born from the perspective of the geographical coordinates where you were born. So, your birth moon is your your genetic moon. It's in that's what's in your DNA. So, if you have the moon in a cardinal sign, it's completely different than if you have it in a fixed sign. So a fixed sign moon is inherent, and this is also a contradiction in terms, in a sense. Now, you know, the moon in Taurus is the best sign it can be, and theoretically, according to the old astrologers, simply because Taurus stabilizes the moon's inherent changeable nature. And so uh, the moon in a fixed sign will tend to be more stubborn than, say, the moon in a cardinal sign, and so on. So the natal moon... Uh, doesn't change. That's there from birth. What does change are the progressed moon, the solar arc moon. Those and are. I was referencing the the transiting moon. Okay, the transiting moon is has nothing to do with you personally. It's an outside planet. It's outside of you. It's outside of your birth chart. It's coming at you from exterior stimuli. Okay. Whereas the progressions and the solar arcs are evolutions of your natal chart. They're coming from inside of you, expressing outwardly. So your solar arc sun this year is sextile your natal sun. That is an inner force that's saying this year, this one year in your life, where the sun is 60 degrees ahead of your solar arc sun is 60 degrees ahead of where it was at birth. This is one of the most opportunistic years you've had so far in your life. Be aware of it because your own inner urge or inner evolution of your sun, your life force, the target that you're aiming to become, the circle with a dot in the center, that now is in alignment with where it was at birth to give you the opportunities that you're seeking if you will seek them. Because a sextile is a passive aspect. It's preservative of the status quo. So you have to have the, you have to muster the effort under a, a trine or a sextile to take advantage of the harmony that exists between you and, and the world out there. But the transits represent external forces, collective forces, as well as individuals and situations and events that come at us, seemingly that come at us and demand some sort of response. Could transits trigger secrets? Could oh, absolutely. It? Absolutely. Okay. There you go. Play with that one. Well, if you think about transiting Mars, which is action, for example, uh, if it's transiting your 12th house in your natal chart, that is a time where your own secrets are going to act out unconsciously. And you will be confronted with them and the results of them. It could be in small ways, it's in Gemini, or it could be in big ones, depending on the signs and aspects. But that's an example of how transits 
can trigger secrets. It will also trigger secrets when it goes through the house in your chart where you have Pisces. So again, you know, you think about the, the idea of secrets, the, the archetype of secrets, if you will, and where Neptune and Pisces fall in your chart, or as we just talked about, the 12th house of your chart, which is very specifically secrets. Well, I know you really liked this question from this astute listener, and she has another one, a part B here. So, ah, oh, see, the birds are chirping. Hear that? All right, so let's listen to part B of her question. When listening to the secret signs, am I listening for my ascendant or my son, or is it supposed to be all the planets like I was wondering? So I know a lot of times people will interlace sun and rising, maybe with a horoscope, a daily horoscope in an online blog. You know, and they'll say, well, read it for your sun sign, read it for your rising sign. How do you answer this related to the secrets? Uh, it's such a great question, again. And this goes way, way back. Um, you can look at, uh, you know, as I've mentioned, we have what's called a solar chart, which is a horoscope. If you don't know a, a person's birth time, but it, they do know the date, but they don't have a time, they can never know the time, there's no birth certificate or whatever, then you set the chart up for noon on that day where they were born, and then you have your program place the sun on the ascendant. This way you have the moon's position at noon, which can only vary by about six degrees either way, because it moves about one degree every two hours. So you have the moon's position at noon, and now you have the sun's position at noon, but you turn the chart, have your program do it, and place the sun on the ascendant, and that's called a solar chart. All of the sun sign publications, and I used to write for them, I did American Astrology's sun sign issues, monthly issues, and their annual digest, 225,000 words a year or something. Well, when you're doing sun sign writing or sun sign readings, you, you simply are putting the sun sign on the first cusp. There really is a difference between the ascendant and the sun, the ascendant is really the, if you have a time birth chart, is this, it's the physical body as a whole. So it's the encasement of the soul, if you will, in that sense. And that's what gives the first impression that people make, what they look like, how they come across, their charisma or lack of, everybody has charisma. It can be negative charisma. But you see, and this negative charisma is what you feel and how you react when, let's say, you're in Las Vegas on the Strip and a homeless derelict threatens you on the sidewalks. That's charisma, but it's violent, possibly, or negative, possibly, and so on. So the, the ascendant and its sign and its planetary ruler and the sign that that's in and so on will give you the, the immediate impressions of people, whereas the sun sign is the life force itself, the will to live. And I do think of it as a target, a circle with a dot in the center. So we're aiming to become or sun signs, you hear, oh, I'm born a Libra. Well, you're born to become a Libra. You may not be one to start, but you're born to become one. You're born to learn how to balance your own needs with those of other people. 
Do you see what I mean? So you're learning to be. So there is a difference. But in practice, you can do exactly what she and you can when you place a, a, the sun on the ascendant or any other planet in your birth chart. And I do this. It's a wonderful way to work. You can place the sun on the ascendant, the moon, Mars, and study each planet's archetype in relationship to that perspective. And you get a lot of interesting insights. And uh, I teach thomas that everybody all of us has three horoscopes you have your time to birth chart from a birth certificate let's say you have your solar chart which is your horoscope but turned with the sun at the first cusp and then we all have the natural wheel which starts with zero degrees aries and places each sign around the zodiac with zero degrees on each cusp, and then stick your birth planets and your ascendant in mid-heaven in the natural wheel, and you have a third chart. All three of them are valid. The most valid, of course, is your time birth chart. But they're all three equally uh, valid and important. And the one that you've taught me to love, the solar arc chart. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> and keep going, right? Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Great information. And we're going to have more on this topic. So we're going to extrude now into the next episode and pick this conversation up with it with from there. So if you'd like to get a hold of Robert, as we mention all the time here at the end of the show, it's in the show notes. Just find the link to book a reading with Robert. Also, our Discord channel and our YouTube channel, all the goodies of what we have going on here will always be in the show notes for you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in the next episode now to continue this even further. <music>